0: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Cowboys, Commander, Sunday afternoon right here on DFW Sports Station 105.3 The Fan. We are your home of America's team. I'm Sean Treif, alongside RJ Choppy and our Cowboys insider Bobby Belt. The spread is 13-0 pro bowlers. For the Commanders this season. No Sam Howe? And Sam Howe is going to start. Mm. He's going to start this game. Uh, Remember earlier in the year when people were saying they found their quarterback? Remember that was a storyline? That was a narrative? Well, I don't think they found their quarterback. But Sam Howe ends up starting all the games this year for the Commanders. A little bit surprising, but Jacoby Brissett injuries. What a freaking hot mess as it always is. I just want to make sure. Look, normally I would not get a guest on. Bobby asked me over the weekend, you want to get someone on? You want to sit there and preview it? And I'm like, for what? But because they're so off the radar and they're so terrible, I just want to figure out who they're playing. Are they starting anyone? What's the strategy? They're going to lay down and quit. Are they fighting for Ron Rivera? Are they not fighting for Ron Rivera? Are they trading for Belichick? Any new differences that have been noticeable with this ownership change? I just, I just want to make sure there's no sneak attack for Sunday.
2: It doesn't appear they've been fighting for Ron Rivera all year, so why start now? That's right. I mean, it's like you would think that you would fight for a coach who's on a, on the hot seat all season long. They haven't, so why why start? Tonight? That's not a coach who, though. I think is is gonna this is probably the last job he's oh, yeah. getting in the NFL but like not just head coaching job I would imagine he's probably done
1: after this and so i don't know maybe they rally a little bit odds by the mm. way odds by the way throughout the league courtesy of bet online cowboys to win the NFC east 1 to 16 eagles are 8 to 1 NFC south Tampa Bay 2 to 5 the Saints 13 to 4 AFC south Jags one to two, New Orleans fifteen to four. AFC East, the Bills are the favorite at five to eight. Miami seven to five. So, okay, man, how things got changed up in yeah. the
2: NFC East? Yeah, they 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 did that. Would that would that happened quick, like really really quick. I mean, the Eagles were like they were they were just a win away or a Cowboy loss away from clinching this thing weeks ago, and they couldn't get it done. They just couldn't get it done. Yeah, I mean because we remember we were talking about heading into the San Francisco game where it was like, you know, who would you who who should they root for? Should you root for potentially Philadelphia? Like is the is the division already something that you're you're wiping away and saying it isn't gonna happen?
1: This is the expressway. We are commercial free for the next thirty five minutes here on one oh five three the fan. Let's bring in JP Finley from our sister station, the fan in DC here on the DNM leasing hotline. Good morning, JP. Thank you for joining us. How are you? Doing great, fellas. How are you? Doing well. Thank you for asking. What's the plan for the Commanders, the way it looks, or the way that you're feeling they'll approach Sunday against the Cowboys with starters or backups?
3: Oh, you know, the Commanders will warm up in a stadium uh, about 50% full of Cowboys fans. By kickoff, it'll be 80% full of Cowboys fans. Um, The guys that play, the starters that play will play, but we're, we've already seen last week. They started putting a bunch of guys on IR with the kind of injuries that if you're on a playoff team, you play through, but if you're on a four and 12 team, you, you, you're you done. Um, last week, they were without their two starting corners, Kendall Fuller and Benjamin St. Juice. I, I think those guys are on IR. I don't even think they'll be back. Um, a big one to watch is John Allen didn't practice yesterday with, um, they were describing it as a knee injury. Um, I kind of, now he's gotten plenty of veterans days down the stretch here, but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see him this week. Um, Sam Howell is your starting quarterback. Your, your tackles are going to be two guys that started their first games last week in Trent Scott and Cornelius Lucas. Um, Brian Robinson did play last week. You think you'd see him again? Terry McLaurin is a little less than 60 yards away for for uh, from 1,000 on the season. So you'd think they'd try to make an effort to get that done. Um, but you are seeing, I, I mean, at best, maybe ha- maybe like two-thirds of the starters that were out there in the Thanksgiving game in Dallas. It, it's going to look different.
1: What type of uh, year has Sam Howell had, and was there a belief at some point in time he was going to be the starting quarterback next season? How would you describe Howell's year?
3: There's certainly been some promise, certainly been some highs, but the lows have been uh, longer and and lower. Um, You know, even when things were going relatively well, a lot of it was volume dependent. Uh, uh, The offense they ran this year, I think, was far too pass happy. Um, Sam Howell, for most of the season, and I believe he still is, but certainly for most of the season, was leading the NFL in pass attempts by a fairly wide margin. Um, I know they're number one in the NFL in pass attempts at this point. Um, and that's just not the way you develop a young quarterback is, I mean, they were one in pass attempts, 30th in rush attempts. And it was just, it was so unbalanced that you saw him taking a ton of sacks. Um, as the season has progressed, they've kind of rebuilt the offense where he's taking fewer sacks, which is great, but he's turning the ball over a lot more. Um, he leads the NFL in interceptions and, if um, if you just watch, I think part of getting drilled into his head to take fewer sacks, he's just bailing out of clean or at least clean-ish pockets that veteran NFL players would, would stay in. Um, and in turn, the offense just isn't all that functional. Um, you know, he had back-to-back – he got benched in back-to-back weeks. They pulled him for Jacoby Brissett. And actually, last week they were going to go to Brissett, and Brissett tweaked his hammy. I watched Brissett yesterday. It looked like he's still moving around kind of tender. So it so it will be uh Howell again this week. There was a moment though, because Howell started rough against the Niners last week, and then something like clicked back on in his head. He hit Brian Robinson for just a little check down dump off, got a good gain, and then was able to rattle off like four or five good good passes in a row. There's there's talent in that young man. Um I, I feared, especially at halftime of that Jets game, where he was awful. He completed five of nineteen passes in the first half. I kind of thought he was cooked and it was over. Um, so it, he's been really resilient, really tough. I, I because they're going to finish the season with a top three pick, maybe maybe number two overall. They've got to evaluate quarterbacks and see if you know maybe a a, a real stud is is there for them. Um, But I think Sam will have a career in the NFL for a while, whether that's just like as a, a good backup that that gets to the right spot or, or I kind of obviously their draft position is super different in that Baker was a number one overall pick, but I could see him having a similar career to Baker Mayfield. They're similar in build. Both have a strong arm and good feet, but sometimes just try to do too much. And, you know, Baker's had a good year this year and he's, Five six years into his career and has had to bounce around a little bit and maybe he's learned some stuff about himself. I, I can see that kind of trajectory.
2: Go behind enemy lines with uh, JP Finley from DC here on 105 through the fans. So I- I- in regards to that, with with Howell and, the, and and the draft and where they are, do you see a possibility where they try to move up to one and get Caleb, or is that something they would go down that road and, and try to you know use resources to get up a, a spot? I don't.
3: I it's too early to know because honestly, we don't know who's going to be calling the shots, right? Like we don't know. It's widely, widely, widely expected. They're going to blow everybody out between Sunday night and Monday morning. And that means Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, Martin Mayhew, like all the staff that's assembled here is probably going to flip. And from what we understand about Josh Harris, the new owner is he's an analytically based guy. I think if you just go off numbers, generally those, those, trades up you're at number two to go to number one. You've got to really, really love that player. And and I don't know. I I think Caleb's a stud, but I don't know that he put together the year this year that, that mandates you got to move up, especially when you got options. Like, I mean, you have two very distinct options behind Caleb in Drake may and um, the LSU kid Daniels and, and they're, they're different players and they can both help you. And, um, I, I I wouldn't expect that. And, and frankly, I there's a weird thing in D.C. where you saw Chase Young, you saw Dwayne Haskins, guys that grow up here come back here and don't find a lot of success. And there's a lot of, you know, kind of theories around that. And, and I, I don't know what the answer is. But that, that would be a factor for me is just, just knowing that. Because Caleb Williams grew up here, went to high school here, and, I mean, he, he literally moved to the opposite side of the country <laughs> for college. I think it tells you something. Uh,
2: JP, how much do you think you're going to have to give up, the number two pick, whatever else, in order to get Bill Belichick there? And <laughs> how excited are you to cover stop. the Bill Belichick era in Washington?
3: <laughs> just, just stop it. Just <laughs> stop it. Uh, when, this, when that nonsense was going around, whenever that was, like late October, I want to say, I checked with a source with new ownership and they told me it was complete and utter BS. Wow. So I be, I believe that. Um you
2: know I I is just stop. Just stop it. <laughs> is this is this the we job got
3: enough going on
2: here. Is is but, this is this B enemies crack at a job? I don't think so.
3: Um I, I don't know and and certainly he could get interviewed or something, but the results just haven't been good enough. And Maybe that's not all his fault, but they're gonna. Last year they got rid of Scott Turner, and and there weren't a lot of people saying they shouldn't. But they finished with uh, I, I want to say it was twenty fourth in points scored for the year, and twenty first in yards game. Right now they're at twenty third in points scored and twenty first in yards game. Like it, they they changed some pieces, but it's the same offense, the same results anyway. Um, I, I you know I, I think. The enemy will probably be helped by this season by doing it without Mahomes, Kelsey Reed around and and seeing what works. Early in the year, he was just super stubborn. That kind of changed over time. They've run the ball more. They try to protect Sam more. Um, I I think he gets another OC job and is better because of this season. But I, I don't know how you could have watched this product all year and say, oh, that's our guy.
1: But, JP, why do you think the Belichick stuff is so laughable that it wouldn't make sense for them?
3: Um, I mean, not to compare the two, because obviously Belichick's resume is, you know, unassailable, but they just had the old-school defensive head coach in charge of everything for four years, and it's been forgettable. and, And Belichick's cut from the same cloth as Rivera, and I think if you look at Belichick's results in the post-Brady era, I, you, you're getting him for leadership, and certainly he can build a defense. There's all these things. But, like, that just doesn't seem what Washington needs. And if you look at the track record of this Harris group, now granted it's other sports, um, it, it just they, – they seem to want somebody that's highly analytical and, and will stick to the numbers, and I don't think – If you look at Belichick's draft record and everything else, I I don't think that's what's happened in New England.
1: J.P. Finley from The Fan in D.C. here on Sean and RJ, 105.3 The Fan, our sister station, covering the Commanders. How shocked are you that the NFC East is where it is today, that the Eagles have gone through this and the Cowboys can win this thing with that win on Sunday? So
3: definitely not shocked. Um I before the year I actually picked the Cowboys to win the division. And, and this is just like stupid, weird NFC E's voodoo. Yeah. But I I'm a believer that nobody wins this thing back to back. It hasn't <laughs> happened in twenty years or whatever, right? Yeah um it hasn't happened I th- I believe since my radio partner Brian Mitchell was playing for the Eagles. <laughs> and he's now he's now a grandfather, right? Um <laughs> so I also I thought I, I think Dallas pretty damn good, especially when they get to play at home. And I I confess that I hate to say that, but I, I think it's the truth. Um, and I think Philly had real problems, and you started to see them, even early on when they got out to the 10-1, and one, it never seemed like they were playing their best football. And I, I saw it in person with Washington twice scoring 30 on them. And I was like, man, this defense is not very good. I didn't think their secondary was very good. I think their linebackers have really fallen apart. And the last month has just been, when things were, when they were winning those games, it was like they would get into the fourth quarter and Jalen Hurts would just make enough plays to win. And and I feel like that has kind of subsided. Um, And defensively, they're a mess. I I like the Giants to at least cover, if not beat them this weekend.
2: JP, obviously you can't, I mean, anything's more stable than what y'all had with Dan Snyder, but can you tell already organizationally that, things are just operating a little bit differently and and better uh, since that new ownership has come in?
3: Yes, for sure. Um, I mean, just simple stuff. You know, it's night and day to compare something with how frequently you guys get to talk to Jerry, but we had zero contact with ownership. Like even just polite, you know, exchange pleasantries on the sideline of practice kind of stuff. Like there was none of that. We were completely shut out. that has already changed right like there's just there's just adult civil conversations <laughs> that 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 just make things easier to to operate um and, and I think you've seen stuff at the stadium you've seen stuff on the road and, and I think you'll continue to see I, you know when they bought the team, they got it a week before training camp opened and They already, like, kind of overhauled the training camp experience for fans. Just simple stuff like putting in bleachers and bringing in more food trucks. I mean, really low-hanging fruit. I think you'll continue to see that. Um, But when they got the team, they really – it was too late for them to do much. I think we're going to really learn a lot um, over the next six weeks, two months, uh, maybe before the combine, before you really got to kind of lock in with what you've got, about what kind of staff they want to build what kind of team they want to build, all of those things. And, you know, I, I think it's possible. It's probably a long – it's probably going to take a year or two, especially depending on what happens in the quarterback position. But ideally they get to be a, a functioning, high-functioning playoff-caliber organization again that, that, that fans in this city certainly deserve.
1: What's your best or worst Snyder story? Um, the first time we ever spoke to one another <laughs> –
3: and, and I had been on the beat probably like two years. Um, so where the team's facility is about like 30 miles west of the city. And where I live is basically in the city. I live inside the Beltway. Well, well. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. But cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and so they're like out kind of towards the mountains in Ashburn. And me and another reporter were walking to the bubble For an indoor practice, saying how it's always like five degrees colder out here in Ashburn, right? And we were just kind of BSing about that. And, And we, unbeknownst to us, Snyder's behind us and he's a shorter dude and he kind of has to like, really shuffle his hips to pass us and it's like a a singular sidewalk walking into a revolving door to get into the bubble and he passes us and he turns to look at us and he's really speed walking and he goes, you two are bleeping idiots and just storms off into the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right.
3: Thanks dude.
1: (laughs) Wow. And you ever got, you you were always aware that he was like monitoring or sending messages behind the scenes and interfering with stuff with the broadcasting or the message that got out. Yeah. You know, at at least, so
3: the biggest entity up here is the Washington post, right? And early in his tenure, he declared war on the Washington post. Um, But as far as like my reporting, my broadcasting, I'll say this, Bruce Allen, when he took over and that was like, when I was on the beat was primarily the Bruce days. Like I was too young prior than that. They generally didn't care what was said. Hmm. Now they they'd randomly get up in arms about certain things. Um, But we, it's been, you know, the fire hose has been open on criticism in Washington for a while. And, and and I think that's really one of the biggest problems of the Snyder era is they, they were surrounded by such an inner circle of sycophants that they just ignored everything. And you know how like people say that, you know, criticism is being a hater. Like that was their, that was their MO is just a, any sort of criticism. Just didn't understand what they were doing. Like like they were accomplishing things at a high level. Um, and, but you could be critical. Now there were other like, you know, the internal broadcasts and they tried to like buy a radio station and then they had to sell it. There's all sorts of stuff like that. That was a disaster. Um, but you know, as far as what I said, what I wrote, it was always I I, I don't know. I, I just I just went for it and never really got my hand slapped. More than happens probably most places, I'd say. You know, I mean there's a there's kind of a natural friction between reporter and, and team PR apparatus, but um I'll give Bruce at least Bruce credit. He had thick skin about most of it.
1: JP, thank you so much for the time, man. Uh, Congrats on getting through another miserable season, and we'll catch up with you down (laughs) the road. Thank you. you. Thanks, fellas. Take care. JP Finley, uh, Commander's Insider from our sister station.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai,
4: there's joy in every journey.